sex talk. Derek and Miley. Cause sexuality is tough. And okay, sexist isn't good enough. No. Sex talk. With Derek and Miley. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Sex Talk with Erica Miley. Erica Miley here. Glad to be with you all this week. I wanted to talk about, well, big surprise. I want to break down some sexual shame. That's kind of my gig. <laughs> but the one thing that I really wanted to talk about was this is actually something that I get questions about from parents a lot and caregivers is what do you do when your kids find your intimate items, your sex toys, your lubricant, your edible things that you use in the bedroom? Like, what do you do? How do you talk about it? I know that many, many caregivers and parents out there have frozen when their kid, they walk in to their bedroom or wherever they keep their items and they freeze because they see their kid, their young kid is playing with this, you know, whether it's a vibrator or, and they're like, oh no, what do I do? What do I say? Uh, you turn red, you freeze, your heart rate goes up into your ears. <laughs> You don't know what to do. So I really wanted to break this down because this is, I think, one of those things that will be really actionable for you folks out there that when this happens, you'll be able to handle it well. So at least the way you want to handle it. So first, number one, I want you to take a deep breath. Just <sighs> the experience that you're having, that freaking out feeling, that Fear that has now come up in your body is something you're experiencing. Your kid is not actually experiencing that. That when your ears get hot, your heartbeat goes up, your kid's not experiencing that. Your kid is actually curious. It's like this brightly colored thing or this interesting looking item is interesting. They're not afraid. So pay attention to your fear. Get control of it. Take a deep breath and then have a conversation. So that's the first thing. Second, how to talk about when the items are found themselves. So what do you say to your kid when you see them with that toy or with that item? You don't run in and go, oh, my God, no, don't touch that. That's that. You, you create the fear. You create the shame. You create all of those things around that item because then the kid's like, oh, my gosh, what am I – what on earth? What do I do? Oh, mom, dad, whoever's in front of me is freaking out. And so this item must be important or this item must be scary or this item must be whatever the case may be. So coming alongside your kid and saying, hey, where did you find that? Where did you get that? Or, hey, can I have that thing that you have in your hand? That item is mine. So let's just use, let's just use a vibrator. Hey, that, that toy that you have in your hand is a grown-up toy. It's not for you for a kid. That's mine. So, and then talk about... It's okay to not have, you don't have to give 
every tiny little detail about a sex toy, especially it depends on where the, where this kid is in their development. If this is a little kid, they're going to see that brightly colored item because oftentimes there's many vibrators out there that are brightly colored and look like kids toys. They're going to just see this thing that looks like other things they're familiar with. So they're not going to freak out. But you can create boundaries around those items. They're yours. We share a lot of things. Caregivers and parents, <laughs> you share a lot of things with your kids. You share food. You share clothes. You share your money. You share so many things. You do not have to share sex toys. <laughs> and you can create an opportunity for education. So that's how I want you to approach this. If they're really little, you can just answer the questions they have that are going to probably be fairly direct. What is this thing? Oh, this is one of my toys. What's it for? This is for one of my toys for my body. You don't even have to start talking about sex, especially if they're very small, like if they're three or four years old. You don't have to be like, oh, it's for sex and this is how you use it. You don't have to jump right into that stuff. Sometimes parents think that the minute sex or anything sexual comes up, they have to dive right in and give the entire sex talk right out the gate. That is not how you have to do it. You do not have to do it. Sometimes fear and worry make us feel like we have to do things right now. When in reality, if we can slow down our body, we can go, okay, what is my, this kid in front of me asking me? And answering those questions directly, just as they are, not over answering. <laughs> you don't have to give every detail. You can also say, if they ask very detailed questions, you can say, hey, I understand that you're curious about this thing. And when you get a little older, then I'll be able to answer those questions for you. It's not anything to be worried about or afraid of. I'm going to give you these answers. These are the answers you need right now. And some answers may come later. Letting them know that they will have answers down the line also clues them in that, oh, this is something for grownups to do. This is something for me to learn about maybe when I'm a teenager or getting older than that, right? It depends on the kid. Every kid is a little different in their in their development. Now, do you need to explain the toy and every piece of it? As I've already alluded to, as I've already said, you do not have to give details the child is not asking for. The child is asking for a basic explanation and you as an adult can give the information you want to give and let the child know that you have boundaries around your body and your life that the child doesn't have access to. Sometimes we think as parents that because we share so much with our children, we share so many things, our, our money, our time, our food. Just two nights ago, I had an ice cream cone in the freezer that I was really excited to have, and it was gone because one of the children ate it. <laughs> and I was really mad because I was like, I wanted that. I wanted that ice cream cone. So <laughs> this is a little different. You do not have to share every piece of your sexual self with your children. You do not. Your job is to create a space that they can ask questions in a safe place and let them know that, you know what, this is where you are in your development and these are the questions that you can have answers to. 
most of the time, kids are not going to ask you questions that are outside of their developmental stage. Your three-year-old is not going to ask you about masturbation, more than likely. They're not going to be asking you, oh, hey, mom, I noticed you have a sex toy. What's that for? That's not really how it's going to work. It's going to be like, oh, this is your toy? Oh, well, why can't I play with it? Well, because because honey this is this is my toy this is not a toy that's for kiddos i'm going to put it in a spot that you cannot access because you have lots of toys that's the other next wonderful tip distraction distraction and find an alternative you have wonderful toys hey let's go find that thing that you really like that's in your room and you and i'll take a look at that thing and when you get a little older we'll talk more about mom's toys or dad's toys, or caregiver's toys. I hope that kind of helps reduce the fear. Because what the, what a lot of that fear comes from, again, and I know my listeners, <laughs> you, you have heard it from me before, is that shame and that fear of not wanting to shame your kids around sex, not wanting to hurt your kids around sex, not wanting to expose them too quickly. Answer the questions at their level keep it where they are. So all that being said, I was actually taking a look at fun ways for you to store your toys. And I found a wonderful article, which I will put in the show notes. It's actually from Kinkley. And Mistress K wrote this article, which is, it's really, really great. And it goes into way more depth than I have time to do here on the podcast. So that's why I'm referencing it because I found like, oh, you went toy by toy and fun ways you could store these toys. So I'm going to just go through a couple of the like options that you may or may not have used, but there also might be some things you may not have considered. So many of, I know many people store them in their drawers. So they store them under clothing in their underwear drawer, or they store them in their the drawer that maybe is a little higher up than others. So those are great options. You can continue to do those things. It, finding a a place that is kind of not extra special, is kind of plain, that wouldn't be from the, the casual glance, wouldn't you wouldn't know what was in there. So drawers and dresser drawers are great for that. Another place that sometimes people forget that you have is underneath your bed. (laughs) This underneath your bed is a really good option because you have access. Because oftentimes what people struggle with here is finding access to toys. And because, you know, sometimes when when you want to have sex with your partner, you're not necessarily like, okay, I'm going to set up every toy. Things get started first and then you go grab the toy. (laughs) So you want a quick access to some of those especially the ones that you use most often. In this article, they offered a really good suggestion that I thought was pretty cool. Underclothing on hanger storage bags. I thought this was genius. I was like, that that's fantastic. I had not thought about that. Using hanger storage or, or clothing storage that you would find in hangers, I'm sure you can find these in like big box stores. Amazon, I'm sure, has one of these. I think I actually have one that I bought for wrapping paper. So you could use something like that in your closet and it's hidden and enclosed and still easily accessible for you. 
Another one that would be a really good option would be potentially shoe boxes. Shoe boxes are a common item. It's something that we all have somewhere. So that is an excellent option. It's small. It's something you could put under your bed. It's something you could put in a closet. Very easy to use. Plastic drawer units, an excellent option. The next kind of like level up to be able to hide your toys but have some really great accessibility is a pillow interior. So what this might be, and you can find these in like local stores like Castle or um, Lovers might carry something like this, but you can also find these in really great stores like Good Vibrations. It's a pillow that's like a decorative pillow that is hollowed out on the inside. So it's kind of like super spy-tastic. It's kind of great that way. You have that compartment on the inside of the pillow. Looks like a common pillow that you would keep on your bed. It's not a bed a pillow you would necessarily sleep on, but it does have that hollowed out inside for easy access to your toys. And typically, the little people in your household are not going to go looking inside of pillows for toys. So I think it's a really, really good option, especially for little people in the house. Lockable containers. I mean, this seems kind of straightforward and common sense, but sometimes you you don't think like, oh, okay, I could actually get a container that has a lock on it already and I could put toys inside of that. Craft supply storage. Crafty folks, people who scrapbook, their containers are incredible <laughs> and excellent sex toy and accessory holders because they look like toolboxes. Again, they look like something that is going to hold something else and not necessarily hold those sexual items you want to keep from the little folks in your house. So those are kind of some basic ideas for being able to conceal those items you want to keep to yourself It's okay to want to keep those things to yourself. It is okay to create those boundaries inside inside your house that there are things in your life that are just for you and that the little children that are in your house, they do not have to have access to it. So those are some tips and tricks and ways to maybe hide those items in your household. Now, if you've got any questions for me, anything at all, I'm happy to answer them. You can find me on any social out there, Instagram. I do a lot of live stuff. And just a reminder, I do a live both on Facebook and Instagram on Fridays after the episode comes out. I'd love to see you there. I chat about the episode. I give some extras just to connect and get our community together and maybe have a little laughs, maybe a glass of wine. You know, I'm just saying. Thanks for sticking around. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. I will see you soon. Thanks for listening, folks. Please rate and review on iTunes. It helps this podcast get found. If you leave a five-star review, let me know about it on any social media, and I'll shout you out on the podcast. You can find my website at ericamiley.com. You can find me on Facebook, the gram, and Twitter. See y'all next time.